I'm your host, Mark Cole, editor and publisher of Odessa Steps Magazine. The plot is a co-production of Odessa Steps Magazine and the When It Was Cool Network. People who know me know that today, July 4th, I always do a certain thing on the internet, and that's to post a picture of a certain C-list villain team from the 1980s DC Comics. Well, today I'm going to do that one step farther, and we're going to talk about them on the pod and that is the Force of July. This was a villain team created by Mike Barr, Jim Paro, and a number of other artists in the Batman and the Outsiders annual number one from 1984, which came at the end of the first year of the book. For those of you who only tangentially know the Outsiders or Batman and the Outsiders, the book basically replaced brave and the bold in 1983 and it gave batman a new team of heroes to team with some old some new after he quit the justice league so like i said this story comes at the end of the book's first year so we start with a cover by of all people frank miller and jim aparo saying it's 1984 do you know where your freedoms are so yes, this is going to be, uh, strap in, this is going to be a very heavy-handed book, as you might imagine, given that it's 19, it's already quoting 1984 on the cover, and we've got a Frank Miller cover. This is Miller's only connection to the book. He does not do any of the interior art. The book starts, Land Where Our Fathers Died, Sunday, July 1st. And we see a man in front of a slideshow. Yes, kids, this is 1984. We still have slideshows. With a picture of the outsiders and a guy in a suit saying, Your incursion into Gotham City may bring you into contact with some of these self-proclaimed outsiders, quote-unquote. Here with as much information as we've been able to obtain on them. From his accent, this man, Geoforce, is not an American. Click. This girl, Halo, is probably an American and quite possibly the unwitting pawn of these outsiders. Click. These two, Black Lightning and Katana, definitely have some foreign blood in them. Click. Metamorpho, Metamorpho, who knows what he is. Click. And Batman, this man is definitely considered to be hostile as he has assembled these outsiders after quitting the Justice League of America. So he turns off the slideshow and says, As I said, you may encounter any of these persons on your mission. And if you do, have no hesitation about terminating any of them with extreme prejudice. The media sometimes calls these outsiders heroes, but we know how the media lie, controlled as they are by the far left. You are the true heroes. You will restore control of this country to the men who made it what it was. And for that reason, I have created you 
my force of July. And uh, this guy's name is B. Eric Blairman. We'll learn more about the significance of that in a second. And he's sitting in front of a portrait of George Washington. And at the bottom, we see the force of July. No names yet. Uh, we have a guy wearing sunglasses in a black and white costume, a woman dressed like the Statue of Liberty, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy wearing some variation of a Captain America-style uniform, uh, a little kid dressed in a white outfit with a bunch of colors and stars all over it, and a girl dressed well, looking like a pilgrim. Cut to Monday, July 2nd. Batman is investigating a robbery at Star Labs. Uh, and imagine somehow this the uh, perpetrators were not filmed on the videotape, and he doesn't know why. Cut back to the Outsider's headquarters, where Geoforce is mourning the death of his sister, Terra. For those of you who don't know, Terra is Terra from the Teen Titans, if you know the Judas contract in that story. Uh, she has just died because she turned heel on the Teen Titans, teamed up with Deathstroke the Terminator, and ended up being killed. So the rest of the Outsiders all show up to try and cheer up Geoforce. It turns out that Halo and Katana have made Geoforce a new costume. Instead of being brown and yellow like his old costume, which was the same as Terra's, this one is now green and yellow. So he's very pleased. All of a sudden they get a call from uh, Batman uh, over electronically. He's not there. Uh, saying that he has an assignment, but he's still recovering from an injury, so he's going to be sitting this one out. So this is basically an outsider's solo story. There's almost no Batman involved. So the team show up in a car outside this mansion in Virginia, which we learn is the uh, Blairman family estate. They are snooping around trying to see what's going on. The guards come out to confront them. And they say, uh, we're just here uh, from out of town. We wanted to see what this big estate was look like. And he says, the guard says, I understand, but we've got to keep it private. So uh, keep it moving. So they take off. They're, they were given some fake IDs by Batman. So uh, we cut back to Blairman watching some sort of editorial uh, in his office where it says, how can the United States continue to justify its intrusion into countries where it's not wanted, nor click? And he says, liberal propaganda. The leftists in this country have made the media in their pocket, but they won't for much longer. And then he calls out to someone named Lorraine, who we later learn is his sister. She is the scientist, and she is putting to work the things that they stole from Star Labs. Then he gets a call from the guard outside saying we had some tourists looking around, but he wanted, he was told to let him know if there's anything weird going on. And he said, thanks, and we'll take care of it. So this leads to the first fight where the outsiders are getting ready to break into the compound where they're surprised by the 4th of July. And Major Victory, we don't know his name yet, says, your friend needs help, does he? There's a... They have zapped the metamorpho. Guess even subversives can feel loyalty towards their fellow travelers. But you're finished, traitors. You can you take that from major victory in the 4th of July. Any last words, comrades? And they're like, get away from that. Get away from him. And major victory says, think you can make me, boy? Uh, this will be the first of many times someone calls Black Lightning boy. So just be aware of that. Um... 
Geoforce takes off, and Major Victory, who's apparently either invisible or electrically powered, says, Figured you were the only one with any guts, but it takes more than guts to win a war. Right, Lady Liberty? And she is uh, spewing some sort of black smoke out of her torch and engulfing Halo. And she says, Yes, Major, as our young Cherie is finding out. So Lady Liberty is apparently French, or at least French-speaking. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, the Statue of Liberty was a gift from the people of France, you know, 150 years, whatever ago. Uh, we now see Katana is being captured by some kind of growing plants. She says, release me, witch. And Mayflower is doing this sort of scarlet witch hand gestures, and she says, no need to get abusive, mum. You can call me Mayflower. So not only do we have a French member of the team, we have a British member of the team. Then we see the guy in the black and white suit suddenly starts making copies of himself, a la uh, Madrox the Multiple Man. Black Lightning says, What's doing here? This guy is multiplying faster than rats in summer. Better move or he'll have me surrounded. At which point he is all four or five of them are all surrounding Black Lightning and attacking him. Uh, the little kid says, good going, Gabby. That'll teach him why we call you Silent Majority. Uh, so then the uh, Major Victory says, a little less talk, Sparkler. So his name is Sparkler. And a little more work. You downed the freak by accident in your fireworks firm. How about making it permanent for all of these? So they're about to, quote unquote, finish them off when Mr. Blairman shows up and he says... They're my valuable alive. At least they've informed on the at least they've informed on the Batman. The soldiers will take care of them. These outsiders represent no project to Project Orwell. Yes, sir, and they run off. So they're in the they fly away. He takes off in a helicopter. Says, "Did you see my Fourth of July, Lorraine? They were magnificent, justifying every dollar the agency spent on them. We've done well today, Big Brother." Tomorrow will be even better. Tomorrow we'll make America great again. Yeah, uh -huh. So uh, we cut back to the outsiders. They're licking their wounds. They now have to deal with Blairman's troops. Um, needless to say, that goes pretty quickly. Uh, Black Lightning, they sneak into the, the mansion. Black Lightning finds the computer with Project Orwell labeled on it. Conveniently enough, a big door that says Project Orwell. We now learn that Black Lightning can now uh, do some computerized mojo by shooting electric through his fingers that he was taught by Dr. J's from Star Labs. That's how to break a computer bank. And then he gets a complete report on what's going on. He's th his thought bubbles, yes kids, we still have thought bubbles in comics then. He says, good lord, this is worse than I thought. He goes back to the team and he says, you know I'm not one to push the panic button, Katana. But what we're mixed up in here deals with the security of America herself and her future. Listen up, here's what we got to do. So this begins, uh, this is, uh, as we said, this is an annual, so oversized. And we get the classic Silver Age tradition of the heroes split up and go off and fight individual members of the bad guys. So chapter two sees Halo and Black Lightning arriving at Cape Canaveral because there's some sort of rocket going off that they have to try and stop. We soon they end up fighting Silent Major or Silent Majority and the Sparkler. 
uh, and are defeated. The rocket takes the rocket lifts off, but Halo keeps it from going on course. But in the meantime, she's zapped in the back by Sparkler, who thinks, "Don't like hitting a girl in the back." But Mr. Blairman says the end justifies the means, and he ought to know. And when he arrives back in the base, it turns out Silent Majority has beaten Black Lightning. Jump to the next chapter, which is Metamorpho and Katana. They're in Washington, D.C. Uh, at some electronics store where they end up taking on Major Victory and Lady Liberty, who again is still speaking with a French accent. They have a fight again. The bad guys win and take them off to the hideout. Chapter 4 is Geoforce on his own fighting Mayflower. Uh, he manages to actually beat her, but she tricks him by shooting some pollen in his face that suffocates him and knocks him out. So they're taken back to the group's Rocky Mountain headquarters inside a mountain. Uh, again, not surprising. We've reached Chapter 5, which is the exposition chapter where Blairman explains his plans while the heroes are tied up. Black Lightning says, what's going on, Blairman? Or are we going to play 20 questions? You almost know all of it, boy, except for why. When I was younger, I was intrigued by 1984. More so if they're learning Orwell's real name was Eric Blair. I did not fear the book as others did. Orwell's ideas were sound, if only they were used by the right side. Imagine a benevolent big brother working not against America, but for her. The vision was mine. The know-how was provided by my sister. She developed the Omnicast, and now it's ready, Eric. Shall I? Yes, push the button, Frank. And then we see that there's a satellite in orbit that is not only showing television broadcasts from around the world, but it now reverses the telecast so you can, they can see into everyone's at home watching on TV. Yes, in 1984, this bad guy has invented Gogglebox. So it works. Black Lightning says, I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't seen it. Your Omnicast reverses the television signal. It does not reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. Making it two ways. You can spy on any home in America. That's right, boy. But there's more. Punch up any home computer and use Lorraine. Here's one. Eric in Tacoma, Washington. Mr. Fred Delancey is accessing information service. And I think we're on to something why he is reading Carl he's reading about Karl Marx. This man exhibits subversive tendencies. I'll put him under surveillance. The Omnicast can even intercept television network signals. And half the leftist propaganda they and Metamorphos says, and what makes you think America will stand for that, Chuckles? The American people have always been willing to sacrifice when it's necessary. Cut to a panel of astonished heroic faces. And they are seeing a video that shows the outsiders fighting a bunch of what appear to be American troops in front of the White House. This was actually them recorded footage of when they fought Blairman's troops outside his mansion a few pages ago. He says, the Omnicast enables us to alter any video signal or tape and fashion it into undetectable forgeries. You forgot about us, Halo says. We'll tell people that's not the truth. He won't give us the chance, Chiny. You mean, you horrible old man, if I were free... Then he says, blue language won't change anything, dear. 
And then he has to take a phone call. In the meantime, Haley realizes blue. And then that uh, causes her to summon her blue aura around herself, which makes herself invisible. The forces of life think she's free. Sparkler, acting instinctively, tries to shoot her, but actually misses, goes through her invisible form, and accidentally unleashes Geoforce. At which point the heroes are free. They're now, uh, as in the classic tradition of Justice League and Justice Society stories, they switch up the who they're fighting. The heroes are now fighting different villains than the ones who they fought before, and as you imagine, co uh, quickly conquer them. In the meantime, uh, Black Lightning goes over to try and sabotage the satellite. He gives uh, the evil doctor a sort of Vulcan nerve pinch electric uh, zap on her shoulder, which is funny because earlier in the episode, or earlier in the issue, we have seen Jefferson, when he uh, when they show up in Geoforce's apartment to give him the new costume, he greets them by making a live long and prosper sign. So apparently, uh, Black Lightning is a big fan of Mr. Spock in a number of ways. So Blair Menendez uh, whips out a gun and he's going to shoot them, and Halo stops them. Geoforce flies out into orbit to try and sabotage the satellite, which he manages to do. Then he plummets back to Earth, but uh, as the villains are captured, Major Victory unleashes this huge form of energy, which causes the mountain to start collapsing. The good guys run out. The bad guys are apparently buried under all this rubble. The good guys have saved the day. The heroes are standing there, and Metamorpho sees the burning satellite coming through the orbit and says, Sure does beat fireworks, huh? Halo says, You bet. We cut to a piece of the fragmented satellite in orbit with a close-up of the American flag, and it ends with a quote from Langston Hughes. Uh, all the chapter uh, beginnings all have little patriotic quotes in them. I just didn't bother reading them. So we get to the last page. The team are in their secret headquarters office in the Wayne Foundation. There's no Batman, but there is a note that says, I'm proud of you, with a little bat symbol on there. And then the issue closes, teases what's going to have coming up in issue 14 of the book, which is Halo frantically getting ready for a date with this guy named Phil, and we see a mysterious man in a trench coat in Fedora who's apparently shadowing them on their date. That ends this issue. And, boy, this is quite a lot to digest. Um, suffice to say, a lot of the issues being tackled in this comic from 30 years ago are perhaps more relevant than ever before, uh, involving issues of media manipulation, computer technology. You know, I think you can pretty much guess where the rest of it's going. But, so, the 4th of July, is that their only appearance? No, they had a few more, and we'll get to that in just a second. When I was sitting home alone and I started to sweat, I figured they was in my TV set. I peeked behind the picture frame, got a shock from my feet that hit my brain. Them reds did it. Hooting any television. I 
I quit my job so I could work alone Got a magnifying glass like Sherlock Holmes Following some clues from my detective bag I discovered red stripes and the American flag Betsy Ross We now get to about a year later in the issue number two of The Outsiders, which is a spinoff book from Batman and The Outsiders. This is issue two in 1985, and the team has just fought another great mid-1980s Batman and The Outsiders film called The Nuclear Family. And we get to the epilogue, which is the Fourth of July breaking out of the mountain that they were buried under. Almost, almost there, break free. We free, and free to keep America strong. Free to punish America's foes, and at the top of the list are the outsiders. Next issue, Osei, can you see the Force of July? The cover of issue three, dated January 1986, has the outsiders uh, in one person's hand, the Force of July in the other person's hand, getting ready to fight. And it says, Pawns of the Bad Samaritan. The story begins in Russia with a suited, sunglasses, uh, bespeckled guy who looks a lot like Sean Connery. Meeting with all people, Mikhail Gorbachev, and we learn that his name is the Bad Samaritan. They're talking about the failed coup in Markovia, which is the country that Geoforce is from. He's actually the prince and will later rule the country uh, years later. They're talking about all the problems going on in his country and how he can help them, but he won't. And we cut to Halo and Katana and the house that they live in Los Angeles. And we also have the new team member, Looker. And a bunch of other stuff going on. And then we finally go to Fort Knox. Yes, another wonderful cliche. Someone's going to invade Fort Knox. We see a guy leaving Fort Knox with a bunch of engraving plates. And then at the same time, cut to Washington, D.C. And we see the guy we've just seen in the previous picture turn up dead, stuffed in a garbage can. We then cut to Prince Brian, who, again, has now has some sort of political office involving Markovia saying that he's someone from the American security agency named Major William Vickers has shown up, and Brian thinks to himself, the American security agency, only months ago, we outsiders fought their opposites, the force of July. Do they know who I am? No, they would not approach, they would not approach me so obliquely. I will let them tell me their purpose. So this blue-eyed, blonde-eyed comes in, and it turns out that it's Major Victory wearing a suit, uh, they're talking about all sorts of various geopolitical things. We now see the guy with the engraving plate has been wearing a disguise. He's got uh, fake contacts, fake fingerprints. This is a very much a raw in hand situation. So this is echoing back to the early episodes of the plot when we were all about spy stuff. So Major Victory leaves and he's telling Geoforce's plan, at which point Geoforce gathers the rest of the outsiders together to tell them what's going on. 
Not surprisingly, soon enough we're having a fight between the Outsiders and the Force of July. As the fight's going on, the Bad Samaritan, who's there, steals an airplane, shoots the guard, flies away, and then throws a flare into some overturned gasoline, blowing up this hangar where the, they all are. The Outsiders rescue the knocked-out members of the Force of July, Geoforce says, the thief who escaped stole the plates, but only temporarily. Are we going after him, Geoforce? We are, Looker. Those plates cannot fall into the wrong hands. We will recover them, even if we must invade the Soviet Union itself. Issue 4 of The Outsiders opens with three planes in flight. The one carrying the bad Samaritan and the engraving plates. The Force of July in their own sort of weirdly patriotic-looking supersonic jet. And then the Outsiders jet, all on their way to the Soviet Union. While they're over a bottle of water, the Bad Samaritan takes out, uh, shoots the pilot of his plane, bails out and said, We're here, and we see us, uh, an emerging Russian submarine coming out of the water, where the Bad Samaritan parachutes out. The submarine then starts attacking the Force of July jet, and soon enough, the Outsiders jet. So there's a three-way fight going on at the top of the submarine between the Force of July, the Outsiders, and the Russian soldiers. So finally, the Outsiders decide discretion is a better form of valor because they can't really invade the Soviet Union. So they fly away. The Force of July is taken prisoners by the Russian soldiers in the submarine. And the Outsiders fly off and land in Markova, where they're greeted by King Gregor and his wife, Iona. This is uh, Geoforce's brother. Uh, there's a bunch of small talk going on between everyone, including when Gregor threatens to show them Brian's baby pictures. The Outsiders land in Moscow with fake IDs, suited up outside Leningrad, when it was still Leningrad, at an army base where the Force of July is being experimented upon. They break them out, and then Gorbachev shows up with the Bad Samaritan with the plates, and he gives them back to Geoforce. Major Victory says, what, is this some kind of commie trick? And Gorbachev says, it is no trick. The collapse of America's economy would be desirable, but in the world's would soon follow, and that would not. Bad Samaritan says, after all my hard work in stealing them, Gorbachev says, you have been tested, my friend. Console yourself with the knowledge that you have passed. As for you, you may leave. And they're all getting all snippy, but he says, you may leave. And after they fly off, he tells the Bad Samaritan, remind me, my friend, to analyze data from obtaining the Americans as soon as possible. A cadre of Soviet super agents would be quite desirable, would it not? So then they appear in Outsiders 23, a few months later. They are now not only fighting the Fours of July, but now they're now fighting the People's Heroes, who are the Russian superheroes created by Gorbachev, and a rogue Russian called Fusion, who of course is nuclear-powered. And this is all revolving around relighting of the Statue of Liberty in 1986. I'm not going to do a page-by-page -page recap of this, but suffice it to say, the good guys actually win. The Forces of July and the Outsiders actually work together on this, surprisingly enough which is going to set the stage for them appear, uh, appearing only a few months later. If you thought we had a lot of people last time, get ready for this. This is the 
Outsider special crossover with Infinity Inc. crossover. So we not only have both of those teams, but we also have the Force of July as bad guys working for a crazy right-wing politician named Abraham Lincoln Carlisle. Of course, he's a bad guy with that name. And Baron Bedlam, who's a longtime uh, thorn in the side of the Outsiders in the Teen Titans and Geoforce, who is now apparently ruling Markovia. Uh, the Forces of July are working for them. But as the Outsider special ends, which is part one of the two-part crossover, we learn Baron Bedlam is actually my favorite Silver Age DC villain, the Psycho Pirate. The Force really doesn't have much to do with the Infinity Inc. issue. It's mainly their team and other things going on with the Psycho Pirate, uh, not surprisingly. Basically, they start arguing at one point with Abraham Lincoln Carlisle, and it looks like they may split off, but they don't. They eventually calm down. Uh, Carlisle sort of abandons the Psycho Pirate in Markovia because he has the Medusa mask. So pirate goes crazy again as you might imagine and the infinity ink and the outsiders all shake hands at the end and fly off into the sunset happy ending if i tell you that the forces of july next shows up in suicide squad you know that's a bad sign for them right yes they're in they they're in part of the janus directive storyline from 1987 if i tell you the forces of july next show up in suicide squad you know that's not good news for them right so in 1989, they show up in Suicide Squad 27, which is issue two of the Janus Directive, which was a big line-wide crossover between a bunch of the espionage-themed books at DC, including Checkmate and Captain Adam and things like that. Well, Amanda Waller says, there's this group out there, the Force of July, that are being run by the American Security Agency, that are kind of a covert agency a lot like us, and we really can't have, be having two of them, can we? So she sends them to Abraham Lincoln Carlisle's mansion to steal the Medusa mask back. And while there, we get our first Force of July casualties. Dr. Light, this is in the period when Dr. Light has this weird psychological obsession with being beaten by children. So naturally, he just he ends up having to fight Sparkler and blows him away. And he's so happy that he finally actually has a win. Mayflower, while she's fighting someone else, is surreptitiously killed by Ravon, who was the former member of the Jihad, the Suicide Squad bad guys from the first uh, first issues, who then later joined the team, and he garrets her while she's in the middle of fighting someone else. And Abraham Washington, Abraham Lincoln Carlisle, tries to use the Medusa mask on Shade the Changing Man. Yes, Shade the Changing Man is still part of the DCU at this point, um, at which point he creates this horrible uh, meta monster that gives Carlisle a heart attack and he dies. So that's three members of the Force of July down in just the first issue of this miniseries. So we jump ahead to issue 29 of Suicide Squad, which is now part 8 of the Janus Directive. And Major Victory Lady, the Libertarian Silent Majority, are being held prisoner in Bell Reef Prison, which was the home of the Suicide Squad. And some of the rogue Checkmate agents sneak in to break them out. They ask if they'll help. Major Victory says, They attacked without warning and killed two of us, two of the finest Americans I've ever known. Oh, yes, we'll help. 
And then we cut to a scene of a fight between the Force of July, the Suicide Squad, and the Checkmate agents. We then get to Suicide Squad issue 30, which is part 10 of the Janus Directive, where now all of the good guys and pseudo-good guys are teaming together to fight Cobra. That's Cobra with a K, the DC villain, not Cobra with a C, the G.I. Joe villain. And through the course of the fight, Silent Majority and Lady Liberty both die, so we now have only Major Victory left as the only member surviving of the Force of July. So Major Victory actually sticks around for the Suicide Squad for maybe a year or so, then disappears, then shows up in Eclipso in 1993 as part of a group called the Shadow Hunters. And if you know what happened in Eclipso, you know there's lots of bloodshed. And yes, Major Victory ended up being killed with a lot of people in one issue, including a lot of formerly Earth 2 people like Steel, the second Dr. Midnight, the second Wildcat, and Peacemaker. Yes, Peacemaker, that Peacemaker. So that ends our look at the Force of Victory uh, a lot longer than I expected. Um, I had to do a lot of starting and stopping in this issue uh, due to a couple coughing fits I have. I tried to cut them all out. If I didn't, I apologize. Um, happy holidays for those of you that celebrate. And we'll be back very soon with a new show. Take me to the heart of this beautiful land And walk with me down its fine white roads Of justice and service